From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. This week, we've been covering the way the coronavirus outbreak is changing our nation. It's now been one month since Scott Morrison's first announcement on the pandemic. Since then, his response has been criticised as confused and slow. Today, Paul Bongiorno on the political decisions made and how they stack up. This is part five, one month in. Hello. Hi, Paul. It's Ruby. Ruby. Just a moment. I'll um, get myself organised. So, Paul, it's been a month now since Scott Morrison's first big press conference on coronavirus when he announced his plan. We had another big press conference this week on Tuesday night. Can you tell me about that? Well, Ruby, it's um, a press conference that followed the so-called National Cabinet. They're having at least once weekly... Paul Bongiorno is a columnist for the Saturday paper. That's when the Prime Minister uh, gets on a phone hookup with premiers and chief ministers to decide what's happening and how they're going to respond to the coronavirus. It was 10 o'clock, I think, when he actually did the news conference, but he gave a fairly rambling, ultimately confusing series of announcements. From midnight uh, tomorrow night... All of these following activities, and they include some that I've already announced uh, from earlier, uh, will no longer be taking place. He said everyone was an essential worker, and by that he meant everyone who was working was essential. Who's an essential worker? Someone who has a job. Everyone who has a job in this economy is an essential worker. Every single job that is being done in our economy with these severe restrictions that is taking place, is essential. But also everyone should stay at home. He said haircuts could only be 30 minutes long, but two days later backflipped on that and said they could be as long as they need. Bar classes uh, would have to be cancelled. So far, no backflip on that. Health clubs, fitness centres, yoga, uh, barre, I hope I've pronounced that correct. I might need some help with that. Um, I'm not quite sure what that is, to be honest, but um, B-A-R-R-E for those who are... Food courts would be closed except for takeaway. Getting takeaway from those food outlets in those shopping centres, that can continue because takeaway is able to be done. It went on like this, Ruby. Of course, each of these measures is important. They all have significant knock-on in people's lives and for the economy... They also have serious public health outcomes, some good and some needing to do better. But the product of this kind of update, well, it is confusion. And much of the confusion is the Prime Minister's. Scott Morrison gives the impression he's not on top of it. He's not sure of where he's going. And he's in conflict with the states. The most obvious manifestation of that is the issue of school closures. And remember, Tuesday night comes on top of Sunday's announcements, which came on top of weaker announcements a few days before that. It looks like the Prime Minister at least is being dragged into this by increments. Paul, let's talk a bit about those increments. This is the week, it seems, where the government did really kick into action. What stood out to you? 
Yeah, well, um, if anything crystallises the brutal impact of the coronavirus crisis in Australia, it's the thousands who queued outside Centrelink offices from the first thing Monday morning, and that was around the country. Here was the intersection of life or death measures, again exposing a government response that was, look, at poorly thought through and executed. And really, Ruby, this does rest on the shoulders of the responsible minister, a senior cabinet minister at that, Stuart Robert. Tell me about him. Well, Robert is a close personal friend of Scott Morrison's. They share a Pentecostal faith. He is, in fact, a pastor, and he takes pilgrimages uh, to the Holy Land, as Israel's called. Robert was dumped from the ministry by Malcolm Turnbull over some curious dealings in China. He was reinstated by Morrison and immediately set about to be a key strategist and numbers man for his mate in the successful manoeuvrings against Malcolm Turnbull. And you possibly also remember him for racking up a huge and unexplained personal internet bill, which ultimately saw him forced to repay $38,000 to the government. This week, he gave one of the most gormless interviews I've ever heard from a senior minister. That's that's a big call. Uh, tell me about the interview. Look, it really was, Ruby. Uh, Robert went on Alan Jones' show on 2GB, ostensibly to explain why the MyGov website had crashed, leaving thousands frustrated and fearful their promised income support wouldn't be delivered. Initially, he had claimed it was a cyber attack. Uh, MyGov has not been offline. It simply suffered from a distributed denial of service attack this morning and currently it's processing 55,000 concurrent users. Of course, that was backside covering nonsense. The system was just not set up to deal with what should have been the expected demand. On Jones's show, Robert said he probably should have waited for the investigation before jumping the gun. But the site crashed after nearly 100,000 tried to access it. I didn't think I'd have to prepare for 100,000 concurrent users. Uh, Again, my bad, not realising that the sheer scale of the decision on Sunday night by the national leaders that literally saw hundreds and hundreds of thousands, maybe a million people, uh, unemployed overnight. Well, he promised to fix it. He didn't. It crashed again on Tuesday. He also promised more staff to keep the phone lines open for 12 hours a day. Well, Jones, who you have to remember is a big backer, in fact a cheerleader for the government, was incredulous. Why wouldn't it be open 24 hours in this crisis? Uh, Because I'd quickly run out of people, number one. Well, it's good if you can give people a job. Stuart, it's good if you can give extra people a job. You've hired another 5,000, haven't you? Uh, I have, and if I need to hire more, I'll seek permission Well, hire them so that you can open at 24 hours. Truly, it was a train wreck. This is the sort of leadership we're being offered. We'll be back after this. The Every Moment Matters campaign provides accurate, evidence-based information and advice about alcohol, pregnancy and breastfeeding. It has been created by the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education and endorsed and funded by the Australian Government. Alcohol use during pregnancy can lead to Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder, or FASD, a lifelong disability. So make the moment you start trying the moment to stop drinking. Visit everymomentmatters.org.au to find out more. 
With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Paul, what has been the reaction from the wider community to the measures that have been announced, like the shutdown of non-essential services and the associated stimulus? Well, Ruby, let's take one example. Peter Strong, he's the chief executive of the Council of Small Business of Australia. Strong says the one to two million people have been forced from their jobs by the government's coronavirus containment strategies shouldn't be in the welfare queues in the first place. He says the temporarily ramped up unemployment benefit should be called an income replacement payment. He says these are in fact displaced workers, and by that he means displaced by their own government, and that the $1,115.70 fortnightly payment that doesn't come in until the end of April is grossly inadequate. He says in most cases it's a quarter of people's regular wages. Strong says if the government should follow Boris Johnson in the United Kingdom with a direct wage subsidy of 70 to 80% of current wages. This call is supported by a big employer group, the Australian Industry Group, and it's also backed by the unions. Paul, the other part of this is public health. How are we going there? Well, the moment of bitter truth is rapidly approaching for Australia. Ruby, much as escalating cases and a rising death toll forced Prime Minister Boris Johnson's hand in the United Kingdom, the rate of increase here will see a national health disaster if it's left unchecked. So what do we do? You know, Ruby, the time has come to tell it as it is. Reassurance is not what we need. In my view, we need a government to tell us what it needs us to do and to do it strongly, clearly and decisively. The Australian ethos of she'll be right, mate, I'm afraid is not going to see us through this time. We need Morrison to stop urging calm and instead clearly warn of some very uncomfortable realities heading our way. This virus is very infectious. If we don't self-isolate, seriously self-isolate, if we don't take precautions to wash hands, to avoid touching our faces, to be good to one another, to look after the elderly, look after our neighbours, this thing will change the face of our country. Paul, thanks for the update. Thanks, Ruby. Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Momenta. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Book now at sydneydancecompany.com. And the latest on the coronavirus response. The federal government is talking to the car manufacturer Ford and 3D printing companies about producing new medical ventilators as Australia looks to double the 2,000 currently at our disposal. The government has also announced that a new rapid test for coronavirus has been approved for use. The test, which only takes 15 minutes to complete, will be rolled out to GP clinics and healthcare centres in coming days. 
And non-elective surgeries in Australia's public hospitals have been suspended, with private hospitals to follow in order to free up resources for coronavirus patients expected in the coming weeks. 7am is a daily show from The Monthly and The Saturday Paper. It's produced by Ruby Schwartz, Atticus Basto and Michelle Macklem. Elle Marsh is our features and field producer in a position supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. This week, we've covered the coronavirus outbreak in a five-part series. We will, of course, continue to report on coronavirus, its spread, the social and economic fallout, and the things that can be done in the face of a crisis like this. A huge thank you to all the people who've become supporters of 7am this week. We appreciate your contributions so much in a time like this. We'll be back on Monday with the latest. See you then.